When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, 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 and welcome to another Scoutcast brought to you by Fantasy Football Scout. As always, you are joined by me, Andy, FPL Mode, and we are also joined by the ever-reliable Seb. How's it going, Seb? Yeah, reliable. I will take it here on time. Got out of the bath, you know, minutes ago. Yeah. So, you know, all the time in the world to dry myself off. You know what, actually? This room I'm in, again, all you can see is just white. Although there is like a planker thing here because we're, we're doing stuff. But the other side of the camera, we've got all our washing hung up and it smells, you know, like fresh washing. It smells nice. quite nice. Yeah, I, very fresh. I don't know why. When you said about drying yourself there, I just had this image of you curling, uh, your, easy, curling easy. your towel up and putting it in between your legs and giving it a good one but um anyway uh rich how's it going mate we've missed you because this is all me and sam have been talking about since you've been away how's it going yeah good you can tell it's an international break can't you with, yeah. stuff, with stuff like that mental images like that so thank you yeah i think just we've all had a bit of a mental break and i don't mean mental break as in we've had a rest i think we've just all broken <laughs> but uh Happily how was vegas you're, you're the only one that uh everybody thought would be a bit broken has it gone all right yeah, no, it's fun. I'm really tired. But yeah. I got back Saturday. I've not had much sleep. I've no. worked. Oh, and you and were obviously were you away for one of the game weeks as well, weren't you? I missed. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you know, that was the worst thing because I was at a wedding and it ended about one in the morning, and the oh. deadline was three, oh, like three a.m. Nice. And I was trying to stay awake. And I couldn't, and I just <laughs> fell asleep. And luckily, there was no leaks or any, anything like that, because I did wake up a bit panicked about four in the morning. Oh, dear. I remember you were messaging us in another group, and you were like, I'm here, lads. I'm going to stay awake. I'm going to stay awake. And then we just didn't hear from you for like no, hours. No, I was gone. I was fast asleep. But I, <laughs> I still managed you. to watch all the football, and it was all done really early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Man City Arsenal was on like when like breakfast time. Really? Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. Well, glad to have you back though, mate. Me and Seb, we've done a few so well, I say solo ones, duo ones now, haven't we? We did the member stream, <laughs> we did the Scoutcast one. It's basically solo. Add us both together and you get like one competent yeah. FDR manager. Yeah. yeah, which is roughly the same as a normal scout cast anyway. So um, anyway, hey. we're going to... Uh, thank you so much for the people that are joining us so far tonight. We've got uh, over 150 people in the chat, which is not bad for three minutes in. Most people don't even log into us anymore until about 10 minutes in because they just assume that Seb's still in the bath. So thank you so much for, uh, for having us here. Um, we have got quite a few bits to talk about tonight. And I think we're obviously here to try and get people back into the FPL swing of things, if that makes sense, because we've obviously had the international break, we've had the week off, people are now finally putting FPL at the back of their minds, and look at that, we're now going to start talking about it again. So hopefully we can get you back into it a bit and kind of remind you kind of the state of play before we left. We're going to be looking at our points, I'm not going to lie, I have to try and remember my points. Um, then we're going to be looking at the overs and unders based on the XG, so that's going to bring up some interesting chats, especially the over one, because we're going to be looking at players that are 
coming into quite a few teams, but they seem to be overperforming so far this season. But that does, you know, seem to be a general pattern of what happens anyway. Going to be looking at the fixtures for the next kind of 10, 12 weeks. Then we're going to be doing the over and under, which we always um, do on our Scoutcast now as well. Going to be looking at our best teams. It's going to be a little bit boring for me and Seb because obviously we both played the wildcard last week. But Rich, you're the only one playing pure FPL at the moment. You've still got your a few problems that you need to uh, need to have a look at. Defenders. More, th- more than a few problems. <laughs> I've, got, I've definitely got moves I'm looking at that probably no one else is looking at either because my team. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we got the community team. I don't know whether I want to look at the community team, to be honest. Um, but I'll, more about that later. And... Then we're going to have a bit of a Q&A at the end as well. So we've got uh, a, as I say to my kids at school, we've got a donut stream tonight. It is jam-packed. So let's have a look at my team. I say that that to my kids and they love it, all right? Thanks, Um, Dad. I know. Uh, So here's my points. I ended up with 58 points. I had Turner in goal with Porro, Mitchell and Cash. Turner got six, Porro got six, Mitchell got six and Cash got two. Turner and Mitchell, and I was saying this to Rich before we streamed, I deserve those points because I watched every minute of that nil-nil and it was not good apart from that um oh, the forest defender who's just come in who looked really good Murillo is it Murillo can't remember what his name is now but he looked really really good but um yeah so I deserve those two six points uh then I've got Bowen with two Madison with six Son captain with six Salah with 15 Harlan with two Watkins with five Archer with two I wildcarded, and if you're wondering why on earth I had to play Archer, even though I wildcarded, it's because I had Gordon on my bench, and obviously he was suspended. So I had Ariola, Byrne, Taylor, and Gordon on my bench. So this was my wildcard. Um, I was fairly happy. I went up 1 million places from 2.8 to 1.8. So I'll take that, 58 points. Um, could have been more. I was wavering a little bit on Son Captain, and I considered Salah, mainly because of minutes. I thought they perform similarly, and actually, in the first 10 minutes of Spurs-Luton, it looked like there could be any number of goals and points you would want from Son. But I couldn't get it out of my head he was playing Luton. So I, I, I'm happy with what I did. Obviously, my main this wildcard team definitely outperformed my other team. Uh, and obviously, I was always looking to wildcard in this moment anyway. So, yeah, I'm not too bad, actually. I feel okay about this and I feel okay moving forward. So there you go. My points aren't looking too bad this week. Rich onto a non-wildcard team, but you did have that lovely Chelsea lad in the middle there for you. Talk us through how you did this week. Oh, I'm so happy about that. Um, I think it was a very, very small green. Um, Yeah, up to 893,000. Yeah, so 49 points. Basically, it was nearly all Sterling. Uh, Saka obviously didn't play, so Morris came in off the bench. Um, Archer. Actually, no, Archer must have come in off the bench for two points. Yeah, everyone blanked, basically, apart from Trippier got six, Pickford nine, and Sterling. And I benched Rico Lewis, and he oh. finally, finally started. And I was, yeah, I was a bit gutted he wasn't first sub. But to be honest, the, there was a lot of wild cards last week. I didn't have Salah. Um, so I was, to be honest, I was pretty delighted, you know, to, to get a green. I was quite gutted, obviously, I didn't have Salah. I didn't like Captain Inson. I just feel like it, I brought him in really early, didn't I, the week yeah. before. And I just didn't trust his minutes at all, but I couldn't captain Haaland against Arsenal either. So I guess at least he got three points instead of Haaland's two. Yeah. That's the, the silver line in there. Sterling's a massive one there, isn't he? You think he he hauled against Luton and then you guys brought him in, didn't you? You brought him in then, straight away after that. So this I is did. His you first guys, point I'm bringing him in. 
And so this is sorry, yeah, sorry. Oh, you, you guys is in don't, Sterling. Don't, don't wrap me into 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 his point chasing. I was Nicholas Jackson all the way, which you know went really. Never mind. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, but if you look at Sterling, that so that's the first point you got from him in five weeks, four weeks. It must be yeah, because it was game week two he hauled. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah so, and it was the first points. I think it's been unlucky he's not got points before that though, as in between the two. Right. Be- I think he it's was been unlucky in anyway, one, wasn't he? He was benched because of an illness that we didn't know That's about. Right. That was when he played Monday Night Football. Yeah. So, and that was against Fulham as well. So that was you know prime fixture. Yeah. He had an assist disallowed. I mean, I, I think he's been unlucky. It's just been weird how he's how he's hauled. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, a big reason I, I kept him was because obviously this, that that fixture. Nice. Burnley have done this a couple of times now, where they just imploded against teams. Yeah, considering the amount of wild cards that were on play in play as well, I think for you to get a small green with this, I think is absolutely fine. Obviously, Sterling did save you quite a bit, but Pickford in goal as well. Like I, he finally keeps a clean sheet, gets you nine points as well. He, but he was another one. I like. There was genuinely. I'm not just saying this in hindsight. There were things like having Pickford in a in a good fixture, and things like having Sterling in a good fixture. But it was kind of the reason I didn't want to wild card. Yeah, there's no doubt my team would have been better if I if I'd wildcarded because I 100 percent would have captain Salah. Yeah. and I know I did mention it in a group chat we we're in beforehand. It's not a yeah, hindsight. Like, no wildcard would contain Sterling and probably Pickford either. So like, even if your team is worse off points wise, it's because you say, "Oh, gutted about Salah," but I think Sterling scored Salah by one or, or very similar. point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you basically had Salah's points, and now you can get Salah at your leisure. So. Yeah, it's not not too tough at all. Nice. It was just kind of annoying, I guess, the order it went in. The fact that Sterling had hauled on the on the Saturday, and yeah. then it was on the Sunday, wasn't it? That Salah hauled. Yeah, yeah. But I then mean, if it was the other way round, it. That's so often the thing with FPL, right? Because we we I think we often like say you know when you're trying to make a decision or reflect on something, if all the games happened at once, or if all the get you know if like three game weeks all happened at once, then I feel like we'd feel very differently about both decisions and outcomes. And you know when you can have like a Friday night game to a Monday night game, you watch the whole weekend, you go through the whole journey of emotions. If it was all just Saturday at 3pm and, you know, Kane gets a hat-trick, Harlan gets a hat-trick, Salah gets a hat-trick, whoever gets a hat-trick, all within 90 minutes, then you're like, eh, shrug your shoulders. But if that happens over the course of 76 hours, that's that's tough. That's the thing. And I mean, Sterling had put me up to about, I think I was about 200k. Yeah. So mentally, it was it was annoying that Salah did what he did, um, which I mean, to be fair, one of them was a, was a penalty. Yeah, and I would like to talk about. I'm sure we will talk about Salah later because that's an interesting one. Because I know we got a, quite a lot of stick last year for talking about Salah every week when Liverpool were bad. Yeah, but I'm now thinking about doing the opposite and not going for Salah Ooh. when he's playing well. You know, Ooh. when he's in in form. But oh, I love you, Rich. I love you, Rich. <laughs> oh, so what? So what? Someone's team's playing badly. Get the player. They're playing well. Nah, nah, nah. Exactly. Go him. Yeah. It's reverse form. They're due. <laughs> Speaking of somebody doing well, Seb, um, we couldn't get anybody on tonight, so we've got you, obviously. Uh, talk us through your points. Thanks, mate. No worries. Um, I so I did. I did wild card. Uh, and actually, yeah, looking at that, funnily enough, it's like Salah matches Richard Sterling, Johnston matches Richard's Pickford, and it's like, yeah, well, well done, why'd you bother? Yeah. Um, obviously, the reason I bothered is my team probably looked in worse shape than Richard's does this week, just in terms of injuries and like, you know, fixture shifts. I always wanted that eight to 10 window, mm-hmm. and I went eight as opposed to like 10, just because I think I'd lost half my defense. That's so the team big, is, say again, sorry. That was a dig. Looks worse than Rich's. <laughs> oh no! I mean, oh, no, I carry on. Like my team, like my team last week. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, um, 
So, uh, yeah, Johnson with nine in goal, uh, Trippier six, Pedro Porro with six, and Dallow with two, who I played over Cash on the bench, which Ooh. when Cash missed a decent chance early on, I was like, yeah. oh, what have I done? And that actually it turned out fine. I think I think he was very close, but I was comfortable enough playing Dallow. I might do the same next week as well. Uh, Bruno was probably the one real carryover from pre-wildcard. That fixture looked nice, was happy enough to have. There's some nicer fixtures as well coming up post 10, I think. Uh, drop to Rashford. Happy to have a little toe in that Man United water still. And it's a nice route to potentially someone like Saka in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. That could also, however, be Son, who was my captain. Return six. I don't have Haaland anymore. Could have captain Salah. But despite probably reduced minutes, I was pretty happy that Son had the better fixture. And I think if it weren't for the red card, maybe a bit of a shift in the match state, then Son could have looked all right at the end as well. I think they amassed a similar xgi so so whatever fair enough there but missed out uh, and Bumo held as well which actually of all the players tempted to say maybe shouldn't have done like mm. maybe a bow i'm like i'm envious of your bowen we spoke about that was it last two fridays ago yeah. a month ago whenever it was quite like your bowen look uh madison rounds off my midfield there as well which is just part of that spurs contingent and then darwin yeah got there finally got an assist would have loved more that would have been so good and then Watkins with an assist as well. Uh, the bench is David Raya. I really like that Jonathan Raya combination. Anyone who hasn't wildcarded and might do, if you can afford it, because it's a bit of an expensive one. But have a look. You get you get potentially Arsenal's first choice goalkeeper. And if he is dropped, you have Palace's first choice goalkeeper, who were like third, fourth for a XGA last season. Obviously, fourth best, not bottom. Uh, and then when David Raya can't play for you, so either has a tough fixture or, for example, can't play against Brentford in game week, 11 13 something like that johnson has really nice fixtures so it's a lovely rotation then the rest of the bench is cash burn and archer just as the cheap one now i'm, I'm not letting you get away with this seb because oh, there's yeah? no point of you mentioning your team that you're missing a certain strike i think i did when i was talking about captain right i don't oh, have Ireland. but yeah, yeah, yeah. just talk us through because obviously people would have seen your draft on scoutcast but there was a long time until deadline we did our member stream and obviously on member stream, you're like, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go for it because obviously you yeah. took him out and took out that point one, didn't you? So you were like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to do it now. Not that that was yeah, the reason yeah. you did it, but obviously that was kind of a you saying, it was yeah, for I'm price sure. changes. I think it was, I think it was obviously when you're doing a wild card, you know, you set up your team to catch price. Change. Yeah. You know, you want to get any, any rises you can avoid any falls, but also make sure that a player you might want, you get early to make sure you can get them as cheap as possible, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. And I think it was when I had to grab Son because he was going up to do it, to keep everyone else in the team that I wanted. I had to lose Haaland. So yeah, I got rid of that 0.1, which I could have got back, but I didn't. Um, yeah, happy enough. I mean, the the nice week not having him has gone. So this is the tough one <laughs> yeah. and the Bournemouth. Yeah. Although the Bournemouth one, I think Salah is it, has got a great fixture too. So I'm not too worried, you know, relativistically about that one. It's this week that is probably more scary. I was listening to you, Mark, and Luke on mm-hmm. Friday night. You were talking to them. Yeah. Uh, and Luke had a similar sort of thing to me, right? He's no no Haaland, no Alvarez. Because mm-hmm. I figure if you don't have if you don't have Haaland, yeah, Alvarez is super cheap. He's like, you know, half the price. So there is a value proposition. But in terms of if you're not fancying those city fixtures, I think a Darwin or Watkins or whoever up front is a better shout than an Alvarez for this period. Darwin can very easily become Alvarez for me, of course. Uh, and there is a route to Haaland via Fernandez, Son, Salah, whatever, in about game week 14, I think it's off the top of my head, I'd want him back. But yeah, I think I think you're good going either way. For me, when when the points potential is about even here between like, you know, a Salah, Son captaincy and a, and a Haaland captaincy over the next few weeks, feels like a bit of free risk. Scary risk, but something I'm happy to take 
So I have indeed taken it. Yeah, and it actually, it's fun to document how the next couple of weeks are going to go with Rich holding on to his wild card and seeing when he's going to use it. And I don't think you're going to be using it this week, are you, Rich? I don't think so. I did actually tinker a little bit before we started and I didn't really like any options. Yeah. But then I, I, th- I think 10 looks a lot better. I think yeah. I think there's a clearer direction you can go in with like Arsenal and stuff. Yeah, I, I think, think this one's... Yeah. It's really tough to, the to end, wildcard. The, this there week. was the two fixtures. So I guess when you guys wildcarded last week, you had two incredible fixtures. Yeah. The Spurs, for example. I mean, the Spurs one kind of hasn't really come off because, well, I mean, the Son captaincy is the bit that hurts, I guess. A clean sheet and an assist for Madison is nice. Captain Seller, and you, you feel pretty happy about that. But I think I was saying to Andy last week, like the Son captaincy only coming in for six there. Now Haaland's got Brighton. I feel like he basically needs the blank to even out, you know, mm. the the points potential that I was trying to tap into there because I didn't captain Salah. Although saying that as well, I guess if you did have Haaland in this team, you definitely wouldn't have Darwin. You probably wouldn't have Trippier or Fernandez. Okay, Fernandez has done nothing. But Trippier is, what, four, five points up on his other Newcastle defenders and Darwin's up on Haaland just. So probably need Haaland to get a couple of goals to even it back out, which he's very capable of doing. He is indeed. Um, so as I was saying, it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of weeks because obviously I've wildcarded with Haaland, Seb's wildcarded without Haaland and Rich has is yet to use his wildcard. So it'd be interesting to see if, if you do use it in 10 or use it future on how it kind of looks. So we're almost like, I can't remember what app it is that does the what would happen, you know, the branches out. Uh, what would happen with your team? Oh, live FPL do it. Yeah, I live think. FPL do it. So it'd be interesting. It's almost like we've done that, haven't we? Haaland, no Haaland, and haven't used wildcard yet. So you can uh, you can see how we all get on in the next couple of weeks. Um, let's have a look at the overs then. So these are the players that are currently overperforming their XG. Um, and interestingly, I oh no no hang on, this isn't the James Ward Prowse table, is it? That's the unders, isn't it? Um, no, nor is it, or is it overperformers? Well, Ward Prowse is overperforming. Yeah, he was always on this. He's not on it anymore. Um, Watkins is top though Watkins is comfortably top now I'm assuming after his heroics two weeks ago where he scored uh, three goals and got the assist as well Uh, I was was just looking that up he got was it three goals and an assist from a total of one XGI so it's basically all come from that which shows sample sizes right you know he goes from not being on this table to right at the top and you might think oh he's massively performing this season I can't possibly touch him it was one fixture if he now goes back to you know the mean fine yeah uh, Lyle Foster's next, uh, then Soufal. Uh, Soufal's an interesting one. He's actually uh, creeping into a few teams now. Huang Hee Chan is next, uh, fourth on the table. He is the third highest scoring striker, I think, this season, uh, which is pretty crazy considering he's not even really getting the minutes, but there you go. Trippier's next, then Diaby, Awunyi, Mateta, Julian Alvarez, and Matoma. Now, Rich, I wanted to ask you about a few of these because there's a few of these players that people are almost put in the moniker of to say that they are borderline essential if you were wildcarding or borderline essential to get as your next transfer. Watkins is obviously top of this one. He ju- he, he had his unbelievable fixture against Brighton, got 23 points, I think it was. Now, it doesn't seem like that long ago that people were saying he's off penalties. He's definitely not going to be the player that he was last season. Obviously, Diaby is playing in almost that striker role as well, but he's a midfielder. Would you say he was somebody you need to be getting? Because their fixtures are very, very nice for a little while now. Yeah, I mean, I much prefer him to Diaby, for example. Diaby mm. just doesn't seem to be getting the minutes. So even yeah. though Watkins has lost penalties, at least he's getting the minutes there. Mm. I mean, the interesting thing with Villa, and I know last time I was on, what, two weeks ago, I think I said 
Villa a bad away. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a couple of people disagreed with that. But I think I think it's quite clear they are bad away. I mean, most teams are less effective away from home. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in the next four, they've got three really nice home fixtures. I mean, they've got West Ham, Luton, then Forest is away, and then Fulham at home. Yeah. So in particular, 10 and 12, I can fully understand it. Um, I saw a lot of people have dived into three, I think, on, on wildcard. So I, I do get it. I, I wouldn't say he's essential. Yeah. But there's not many good strikers around. I do like Seb's pick of I've forgotten his name now. Darwin. This is how tired I am. Da- oh, Darwin. Darwin. <laughs> yeah. Do you get Darwin? The thing with Darwin, I'd say, is your like... eyes went so blank. Then you're like, ooh. <laughs> I can barely keep my eyes open if I'm totally honest. But, um, the thing I'd say yeah, with Darwin, just to warn anyone, is that yeah. obviously we need to hear about the team news on the weekend because he's had the international break. He's early uh, kickoff as well, isn't he? Yeah. So oh, everyone loves a clop after the international break. Early kick off. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be fun. But yeah, I think he's the safest, the safest pick, Watkins. Yeah. Would you? But, you, you mentioned there about triple up. You and you mentioned obviously Diaby. A lot of people, if they're on wildcard, have got you know already got cash Watkins Diaby potentially. If you didn't have any Villa at the moment. And you're waiting till game week ten to get like a Saka, Matoma, whatever it is. Which one would you be going for if you could? If you had a spot in each position, would you prioritise Watkins, Cash, or Diaby at the moment? Or well, this is basically this is basically me because I have I have none. Yeah. I mean, out of all of them, I'd like Watkins the most. Right, probably Watkins and Cash are pretty much even. Mm. Behind that, I don't really care too much about them. I think there's so many good midfielders. I get, and I mean, Diaby's on this overperforming table as well, and he's not getting, you know, the the ninety minutes you want from a midfielder. So I'd I'd rule him out. Watkins and Cash are fine picks. Yeah. And I mean, there's a, a lot of defensive injuries to knocking around, aren't there? People who've got a stupid nan, etc. Mm-hmm. So I think that probably makes a lot more sense. Or if you're like me and you've got Morris and you've got money to spare, I can get going for Watkins. Like, I do love a triple up, but I don't feel the the Villa triple up still. I think there's so many, you mentioned Arsenal, for example. So yes, you look at it and you go, yeah, Villa have got incredible fixtures. They've got Luton at home in 10 and they've got Fulham at home in 12. But the same week, like you say, Arsenal got Sheffield United at home and Burnley at home. Mm. Arsenal were a much better team and um, I'd want to target them ahead of Villa, for example. Yeah, no, no, absolutely fine. I get it. And I think it's just how quickly things can change. Everybody, you know, wildcard in last week, week before, and it was like triple Villa. And now they're kind of looking at it thinking, is that maybe the best way to go? So yeah, and and Brighton as well. If we look at those, keep I keep singling out 10 and 12, but Brighton have got Fulham at home and Sheffield United at home. Mm-hmm. It was actually an argument between Brighton, Arsenal and Villa. While Villa have very good home fixtures, possibly they're not the best ones because they haven't got Sheffield United. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I, yeah, be- I don't think that... It feels like a season we want to kind of you kind of want to mix and match, and it almost feels like you don't want the triple up. Maybe there was that time we wanted triple Newcastle defence. Yeah, but I think that's about it. I'd almost I've seen a lot of teams with like one player from each team, and I kind of kind of get it, even though it's not quite as fun. Yeah, no, I do get it, and it's it's definitely an interesting one to start looking at. We're going to be looking at the the fixtures uh, literally in like two slides, so we're we're going to uh, jump a little bit more into that. Oh, kind I'm of game jumping ahead then. Swing. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's fine. Sorry, it's fine. I don't even know what's on the slides. <laughs> um, Seb, somebody that does seem to be on the the lips of a few people at the moment is Huang Hee Chan. Um, he is, like I said, I think he's the third highest scoring forward so far this year, and people are starting to go, "Well, Wolves aren't as bad as they were." Neto seems to have had a good start to the season. We need a cheap striker. He's only 5.4 million. You know, that that's 1 million cheaper than a one-yi. He, he's a midfielder. Uh, sorry, midfielder, sorry. 5.4 cool. million. I mean, him being a midfielder probably does 
ruin it a little bit because there's so few spaces we want for so many players. But is he anywhere on your radar or is this literally one of those, yeah, he's just had a good start this season, avoid? <laughs> I mean, you'd have to avoid. I know I know people looked at Neto, who obviously is a midfielder as well. Um, I'm not really that into it. We've seen him, is it two seasons ago? Where he went and scored like four or five mm. weeks in a row, didn't he? Again, from very, very low XG. So clearly has either luck or skill on his side where he may go on a run and convert more than we would expect. But generally, I think if you want Wolves, Neto is maybe a better shout. And I'm not even that excited about Neto. So he's probably too far down the list for me. There are other options as well at that price, aren't there? Like we've mentioned Gordon yeah. already. We've mentioned, um, who is the other one? Gibbs White is that cheap as well. Like there, there are other midfielders. I mean, if you cheap. can find one mil more, then... I know it sounded like Rich wasn't that hot on Diaby. I think if Diaby's got the minutes again, I, he wasn't in my wild card mostly because of injury. I would have had Diaby over Mbume, who now yeah. I'm thinking maybe Bowen suits that slot as well if I want to transfer. But for me, that was a lovely, you know, cash, Diaby, Watkins on wild card. Their fixtures are gorgeous. Their prices are a, a good value for what we've got this year. So I think if you can squeeze a million out of that slot, especially if you don't have Haaland, I don't see a reason to be going that cheap. If you do have Haaland, yeah, sure. But as, as I think you said, Morgan Gibbs White penalties probably. Yeah. And we got Palmer now as well. Oh, Palmer, oh great shout! Yeah. yeah, true. Yeah, very true. Is was he four point nine? Uh, Although, aren't those fixtures truly awful? Fixtures think, aren't nice, but he could be on might... pens. True. I mean, I... I guess are the minutes high enough to guarantee that he's on the field for pens? I maybe because the fixtures are tough. It's sort of like price versus fixtures, so I'd yeah. be tempted to hold on. If you're wildcarding, it's a nice enabler, I suppose thing is as well you get through all those fixtures and you're going to see whether he's nailed or not and he's still going to be cheap like he's still going yeah. to be ridiculously cheap to jump on him isn't he so i think he's a, a classic wait and see for me because you know and kunku could be back as well after those fixtures are you know turn nice yeah it so. sounds like he's slightly ahead of schedule although you know nasty injury so he'll be in training for a long time before he's yeah. on the pitch but when kunku back i think that's the time coincides nicely with the fixture swing i think it's the end of november but uh, that's the time probably to look at Chelsea. And specifically in Kunku, if he's fit, firing, he's a brilliant option, I think. Yeah. That'll be the time, though, where everyone goes to get him. Like, if he is oh, nailed, so the fixture then it's not ridiculous. as fun. Yeah. The fixture yeah. swing is play this game for fun, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I try to. I try to. Yeah. I mean, their, their fixtures are bad. I mean, because their fixtures have been so good. Yeah. That, and then they get really, really bad. But, I mean, three of the next four are at home. Obviously, it's Arsenal and City in there. But I, th I think you'd have to do this. Would probably be one for someone who needs to free up funds for that like Salah or Haaland, or you could do some kind of rotation on wildcard where you're playing occasionally. You're playing four four two, but you could also play the three five two when you're happy to play Palmer. So yeah. I think it could work because it's so cheap, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, look at Josh De Silva last year. He was what four point five, and there's a pile on for him, wasn't there? Yeah. So, <laughs> and you've got a player playing for Chelsea on penalties. Yeah, I know. It'd be interesting. I think this is perfect. I think we can see what happens over the next, like you know, six weeks or whatever it is. Because, like you said, the fixture swing after that is ridiculous. It's it's just a sea of green. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Um, speaking about points, obviously points are fun. Like you said, Trippier's next. I was going to talk about before we go on to the unders. Um, He's 6.9 now, could be 7 million, you know, by the end of the week. He has, he is getting to that price range now where we're talking about he's in the same echelons as, you know, Trent. He has been getting the points recently. A lot of people went for a burn or a Botman or something like that to cover Trippier. Is that possible, Rich? Or is it just that, just like Trent all those years ago and for quite a few seasons, 
we just get a player like Trippier because he's just going to keep returning? Or are you a little bit worried moving forward with Europe and all that kind of stuff? I mean, I'm not worried. I mean, I think we had, there was a lot of conversation going around, wasn't there? The Trippier was going to be a rotation risk Mm. because he's old Um, and all this kind of stuff. And he's, I mean, he's not been a rotation risk so far. I mean, he has obviously overperformed. I mean, you can see this, you know, he should have, you know, he's doubled probably what he should get. Um, but obviously he takes set pieces, so that can be quite volatile, can't it? Because, you know, headers are always going to be lower, yeah. lower XG chances. Um, he's another reason I'm not sure about wildcarding, because I kind of don't want to get rid of him. Um, like that, that's a real tricky one to do. I really like the fixture this week as well. Yeah. That looks like an incredible fixture really for does. him. Yeah. But I can understand, you know, if people are wildcarding, they want to have, you know, Harland and Salah like, like you've done. You can't have Trippier as well. I mean, obviously Seb's got Trippier, but he's had to sacrifice Harland. Yeah, and it really is proof. I mean, there was a few weeks ago people talking about you know that we got way too much money. You know, we can have any team we want, but we can't. There's always going to be oh, a yes. sacrifice. Yeah, exactly. Always going to. Yeah, and I mean to be honest, there could there probably will be a period of time where Botman and Share and all this lot are burn are, are doing the same. You know, performing the same as Trippier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we just adjust our expectations up as well, don't we? Because like we've got teams with Son, Salah and Haaland in, which you say like, oh, we've got so much money. Do we have any right to have Son, Salah and Haaland teams? Like in previous years, even having two of those, you'd think like, oh, that's that's very generous. So there's always going to be, because you can't afford everyone, there's always going to be a cap on who you can afford. And you're always, you know, human nature, you're always going to try and build that team that is not point one short because you're always going to go, oh, I can get one more expensive player or one more expensive player and I can stretch it further. I mean, yeah, and there's people. I mean, I know we're not talking about Trent, but the fixtures for Liverpool are obviously incredible, and not. I'm seeing very, very few teams with Trent. I think you so, go Trent over Trippier if you're wildcarding in the next couple, because like Trippier, you got on him by perfect timing, right, Rich? You got most his points. I, I think Trippier's time is like. Look, don't get me wrong. He's Trippier. He's going to get points, but in terms of maximising a seven million output, Trent is seven point six. I think Trent, from now yeah. until about game week thirteen or so, I think Trent's Trent outperforms him. Trent 7.9. He's 7.9? 7.9. Which is a defender. That's a big gap, isn't it? Like a million. I know if it was a striker, it's not too bad. I guess if this is your Harlem foil, so, uh, you know, just spoke about money there where you're always going to try and squeeze more. But if you are saying to get a trippier team, I need to sacrifice Harland. At that point, I wonder if you go, well, I might as well also try and get Trent. You could do both. I know yeah, mentioned both. Luke's team early. Yeah. He's got trippier and Trent, right? No, he doesn't. He, doesn't why, have, he doesn't have Trippier. Oh, he doesn't have Trippier, okay. But this I mean, if you didn't Robertson have Fernandez in my team, you could do it. This, oh, sorry, is, sorry, why, this is why Robertson was perfect. Because <laughs> the, go the, on, price go gap, on. the price gap's like one and a half million. Obviously, yeah. his shoulders fell out now. So, <laughs> yeah. But there so, still could so be things like Van Dyke. the way you go. <laughs> Ooh, imagine. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I don't know if I trust I, that. I, I do think it's an interesting chat about Trippier because he's now into that price range where it's just so hard to get to him if you don't already have him. And obviously, on wildcard, you can. But on wildcard, it's so hard to get to someone like that because, yes, if you are going wildcard now, obviously, Son maybe won't be in your thoughts or double Spurs definitely won't be. But Saka still will be. And like Seb's just said, you know, Bruno or Rashford might be because the United fixtures turn. I just can't see how people are fitting Trippier in unless they are making a big sacrifice somewhere else. So it's an interesting one to discuss because, you know, you could easily get a, another Newcastle defender who we're thinking are going to be getting the clean sheets and obviously Trippier just needs to keep going. I don't consider him to be in the same league as Trent over the last three or four years. 
personally. I don't know whether you agree with me, Seb. I don't feel like he is, as soon as I make a team, Trippier's got to be in it. Whereas Trent, over the, when, he, when he was in that span of three years, four years, whatever it was, he was in my team no matter what. Whereas I don't feel like Trippier's yet in that, that zone, if that makes sense. I mean, yeah, Trent's not returned in an FPL context as much as he had previously. Yeah. But do you remember when we were basically all asked, like, asking for him to be... 8 million odd a couple mm. of years ago when well, he's finally been priced that and then ironically he's you know had had a lower output but yeah Trippi is not that level yet 7 million 6.5 as he started as seems fairer for him and I think if fixtures get tough you'd be happier dropping down doesn't mean he couldn't get there but I mean we're comparing Trippier who isn't as good a creator as Trent even if he's brilliant and Newcastle aren't as good as that peak Liverpool team. So, of course, he's not as good of an option, right? You know, Newcastle aren't going to go and get 99 points. Tripper isn't uh, Tripper isn't going to get 18 assists or something stupid over over the course of a season. So, that's yeah, it. but him, him being one step down is also fine, right? Yeah, no, I think so. And, and that's it. I mean, and he is a step down in terms of, you know, like Rich just said, he's 7.9 million. That's, that's a whole million less as well. So that does make a big difference as well. It's just, it's just interesting. I don't put Trippier as that, you know... Oh, I've I've got to have Trippier, and I think if he was obviously one mil less, I probably would. But I think yeah. a couple of weeks ago, when you know, when Rich got him, I think yeah. I was a week late. Was the time because you had that those fixtures as well, and they extended because he's got some decent fixtures coming up still. Then yeah. then a tougher chunk, and then good again. Mm-hmm. So you have that option of banking some points, holding him for the long term. If you're wild cutting now, or more importantly, in a couple of weeks, I think you could look elsewhere and return to him later. And you mentioned just at the beginning of this chat, you mentioned about you know. Can you get other Newcastle defenders to cover for him? Obviously, you're covering the defensive points, but they aren't going to offer the same attacking threat, even though they are scoring goals at the moment, which is mm-hmm. nice. But Trippier, of course, is going to offer more attacking threat, and that's why he's priced more. I kind of think those are two separate decisions. Like, you aren't going, oh, I can't afford Trippier, therefore I'll get Botman instead, because it's not the same decision. You're sort of going, can I get a Trippier, a Trent, an attacking, an attacking defender? Or am I getting a good defence for decent value? And then you're talking about your Newcastle defenders, your Arsenal coming up in a couple of weeks. Like, you know, yeah. Gabriel Zinchenko, White Saliba, I think will be on the table again. I've got David Raya, which is nice. And then Sufal appears top of this list too. For me, if I need money to get, say, a Saka in my team in a few weeks for maybe a Fernandez, I might do Trippier down to Sufal. I think the fixtures work nicely and the money swing works nicely. Ah, uh, mate. No, no, no. You need to go Mitchell. That's what all the Mitchell, all the pros Johnston, are mate. doing. That's what all the pros are doing. Uh, right, let's have a look at the underperformers. So this is usually a good table to show you who could be about to do something special because they're putting up the XG, but they're not getting the points. Uh, Enzo Fernandez has pretty much been top of this all year. Didn't help that obviously he missed the penalty. Um, Eze is second, but obviously he's injured. Bruno Fernandes is next. We're going to be talking to Seb about that one because he still owns Bruno Fernandes, even after wildcarding. <laughs> uh, Jackson's next on the list, <laughs> then Mbumo, who just, also just, just, is I'm just trying to Seb. find your rank on here, mate. And it, uh, oh, that number's quite oh, a bit bigger than... Yeah. yeah, bigger, better, isn't it? Um, then there's yeah. Rashford, <laughs> then <I wish>. Billing, <laughs> then Basuma, Onana, and Mope. Mope was um, constantly uh, on this table in the last couple of years. Um, so... Seb, I'm going to come to you first about Bruno. You kept Bruno. Um, yes. Why? I love pain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, he's he's putting up better numbers this season, non-penalty numbers, because that's not in his control, but we know the story there, uh, than he has done basically ever at United. Great fixture last week. Obviously did not return in that, so I've missed that one. Um, some decent enough fixtures coming up as well, I think, post-10 off the top of my head. I halved my Man United midfield exposure. I did have Rashford. Happy to keep Bruno for the minutes, for the penalties. 
I think it's one of those where we risk swinging too far the other way, right? This table shows it. If you're going to tell me that, oh, Bruno Fernandes is underperforming, but of course he is because, you know, Neil Mopé underperforms and that's usual. I wouldn't pick Neil Mopé. I think we've seen Bruno overperform more than anything in the past, right? I don't think he usually underperforms. Mm-hmm. We know that obviously the assists are down to other players in his team. His finishing, I think, is fine off the top of my head. Probably more long shots, which generally good players who convert those will do from lower XG because most players won't convert those. And a decent enough price. So I think if you are cutting this week, you don't have the nice fixture anymore. So entirely fair enough if you don't want any Man United. I think a better time to look would be in a couple of weeks again. But yeah, happy enough for all those reasons I've explained, but not essential by any means. Absolutely go elsewhere, especially if you have Haaland. Yeah. I mean, Rich, would Bruno or Rashford be anywhere near your team if you wildcarded? I mean, I'm assuming they're nowhere near your thoughts in terms of using a transfer on them. I mean, I sold Rashford last week for Son, um, but I've kept Bruno Fernandes. And uh, again, this is another reason I'm probably not going to wildcard this week because I've got Bruno, it's Sheffield United away. I can't sell him for Sheffield United away. But then you've got Man City. Yeah. So maybe then there's a chance to jump off, but then there's Fulham, Luton, Everton, which is, it's a really tough situation to be in. I it's, kind of feel like it's a nice hedge just having the penalty taker <laughs> who's got the 90 minutes, kind of sits there. And I mean, look at those numbers. I mean, they're, that's pretty insane, to be honest. I mean, I mean, compare is, him to other players and it's he's, he's doing well. And if it wasn't for Rashford's minutes risk, I'd probably still have kept him as well. Is there a, a, an argument to say that Bruno and Rashford have been the most dangerous players to own this year in terms of they continuously underperform, but they have such good fixtures that people haven't wanted to get rid of them? Are they one of the biggest reasons, them and probably Chelsea, why people have not got as good a ranks as maybe they want to have, if that makes sense? I mean, they're two. Of, they're definitely two of the players, aren't they, that people have held on to. And I mean, to be honest, I was thinking this earlier, it's probably a blessing in disguise that Luke Shaw got injured. Otherwise, yeah. there could have been a lot of us sat there with, with three Man United fixtures, with, you know, players with, with good fixtures. But I mean, I, I had an awful season a few years ago because I didn't, I, I don't know if you remember, I, I've only ever captained Bruno Fernandez once. Yeah, I know. I yeah. didn't believe in Bruno Fernandez. He kept <laughs> scoring penalties. And <laughs> I know what it's like not owning him. I also know you can sell a player like Bruno. He does anything. Any Man United player who does well, they are then piled into. Like I mean, absolutely piled into. So there probably is a little bit of fear there as well. But you've got the numbers to support it as well. Hmm. So I'm happy keeping Bruno as a little bit of cover- coverage. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to be captain him any anytime soon or any anything like that. I d- but I d- I'm definitely not going to wildcard this week to remove him. I don't know, Seb. This just seems to me like they are the worst players you could possibly own at the moment because you don't want to get rid of them, yet they keep not returning. And it's not like we don't have these warning signs about United. Like, it's not been a good season for United so far, has it? Like, not compared to what they yeah, were expecting. I mean, the I stats feel like... are there, and I get that, that the stats are there, but they're there every week and it's it's not happening. But... So Every like when you say, you know, when you say the warning signs are there or United aren't having a good good season, yep. that's that feels like football narrative, not FPL. Because yeah. Bruno's putting up the... So, you know, th- th- the evidence is here. Bruno is putting up 5.83 XGI so far this season and has only returned two goals and one assist. Mm-hmm. So why is that? We know he's not Neil Morpé. Yeah. Also, yeah. Is, it, is it that bad? As in, they've both got three attacking returns. In Bumo's only got four attacking returns. 
I actually don't think having three attacking returns after eight game weeks is like that bad. Okay. We've seen much worse. But like, I mean, so, like, so that's the other thing. Like you say, like Man United, I agree. Man United not looking fabulous. You know, the defense especially. But Bruno is still, despite that, putting up good enough numbers. Now, this doesn't, you know, this isn't you have to play FPL by the numbers. That's not the argument I'm trying to make. What I'm trying to say is there is evidence there that despite Man United's problems, Bruno Fernandes is producing and could well be in line to return points. So what might help him return points? Good fixtures. He has those and has had those. So I think you can overreact to what we're seeing, you know, Man United. You don't need to fill your team with Man United players. You don't need to back them to do anything. Hey, I've got Dallow, but cheap and you know, some good fixtures for that. And he'll be rotated beautifully with cash on my bench. I think I think we can overreact in the other direction. And I don't see the I don't see the sort of alignment with many eyes that aren't playing well in real life therefore i can't pick bruno but well in an fpl sense he seems to be doing fine just has been unlucky not to return points but this is why i feel like they're the most dangerous players in the game at the moment because people keep hold of him like literally this week all i saw was people going oh god they blanked again but they've got sheffield united next so i'm gonna keep yeah. them one more week and, and, people, and i feel like that's happened maybe, every week but... so far we see we see that loads, and I often fall for that. I say fall for it, you know. I often end up having those conversations, and generally it goes all right. Like we we focus so much on uh, your Darwin missing chances, your Jackson missing chances, that gets all the headlines. But pick those players, and more often than not, you you do well, right? Look at the people who pick those players. Look at their rank histories. Sure, there'll be outliers, but I think if you follow that logic, you tend to do quite well in FPL. You just have to have conversations like this sometimes. What were you going to say, Rich? I was just going to say, I mean, it happens all the time, doesn't it? People talked about selling them before Forrest, and that's when Bruno and he scored against them. Um, people, I mean, I, I know I've already mentioned Sterling and Pickford already, but, you know, I held them. They had good fixtures, and I know it doesn't repay all the weeks of blanks, but sometimes you just got to hold players and hope that, you know, they not even get lucky, but just hope they start returning. Because, I mean, all players return eventually. And so if you've got players putting up numbers like this in the best possible fixture, I don't, I really don't see why you'd sell. And so, I don't see, really see who you'd sell for either. So is it the sign of a good manager to be paid? By the way, I'm, I'm not saying what my view is here. I'm playing devil's advocate, basically. But is it, is it the sign of a good manager? So, for instance, Sterling. If you jumped on Sterling after Luton, held him all of those weeks, and he finally you know, gets a haul. He got twos and ones all the way up till then. Hmm. Is that the sign of a good manager? So if Bruno doesn't do anything, you hold him for City, doesn't do anything then either, but then he gets some points in the next fixture. Is that patience or is that a bit of sunk cost fallacy or is that a bit of, actually, I've held him, he didn't do anything, I could have gotten somebody else who's got more points up till then. What what What's the difference between all those scenarios, Rich? Okay, that's a good question. I guess the thing is, we're playing a game where we have very, very limited transfers. Yeah. So we can't be just be jumping around, you know, each and every week, um, moving from player to player. So I think when someone's got good fixtures, and you know, in the case of you know Bruno Fernandez, and he's got penalties as well, I think it'd be absolute madness to sell him because I don't know who you'll who you'll go go for. Like, right. would you sell Bruno for Sterling because Sterling's now in form but has awful fixtures, or would you sell Bruno for you know someone some other midfielder who's just told? So does that because change I next week? So for instance. You wouldn't sell him this week, but next week you would because he's got City and Saka's got, you know, Sheffield United, for instance. But the thing is, then after that, there's Fulham, Luton, Everton. So I do think, I mean, I'd rather have Saka than Bruno Fernandes. There's absolutely no doubt about that in my mind. Yeah. 
I don't see why you can't have have both. I'd I'd rather have Bruno Fernandez than Madison, for example. And I know that would be that would be quite controversial. But then there's the there's the penalties. So what what's changed with when you used to not be a Bruno Fernandez believer when when he was get returning points? Why have you turned into a Bruno Fernandez believer now that he isn't getting points? It's a good question. I mean, at the <laughs> I'm moment, sorry. I'm not. I'm not a Bruno. I'm not a Bruno Fernandez believer, as yeah. it were. But yeah. there's there's such good fixtures at the moment. He's also incredibly underpriced right now. And I know you could say that probably about yeah. most players. But I think for that price point, I don't see who I'd want more. Hmm. To like jump in, hijack Rich's answer there. Um, no idea if I speak for you, Rich, but maybe because I feel like we do a similar thing here with some players. You know, your salads, like you're more awake as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, I didn't spend a week in Vegas. So, you know, I think you're doing fabulous, my friend. Um, (laughs) It's relative, right? I don't think it's a case of going, we like Bruno or we don't like Bruno. It's, I think right now, Bruno is a good, not spectacular, but good pick. And lots of people seem to think he's terrible. Therefore, relatively, it looks like I'm so far ahead. You know, I love Bruno. I must, you know, he must be fabulous. But it's relative to what, you know, the group think is. And the same with like Salah in the past or Bruno in the past when Bruno was, you know, captain for a lot of people every single week had to get in was entirely essential. It was mostly because he was just banging penalties and he was doing it in the like 97th minute before we had seven minutes of added time. At that point, I would probably be classed as a Bruno non-believer. And again, it wasn't because I thought he was terrible, but because I thought he was liked a lot more by the wider community than probably should have been the case. And so it's just, it's just a relative thing. And often I think me and Rich find ourselves on the opposite side of that because i think one of the ways we approach this game is to try and avoid that sort of snowball effect of a player is good and therefore they're amazing or they're bad and therefore they're really terrible and so we often appear on the other side of an argument and kind of counter the 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 general narrative not because we necessarily love or hate a player but just because relatively that's the position we're taking up i mean that's perfect for a stream as well isn't it me in the middle you guys on the other side hello um, <laughs> what was that about towels earlier? Yeah, I was going to say. What I uh, just realised what I was saying there. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's uh, let's move off that. It, let us know in the chat what you think about that because I do think that's an interesting discussion to have about holding Brunes, uh, Brunes, holding Bruno Fernandez, not holding him, wild carding and still holding him, wild carding, getting rid of him. You know, it, let us know what you think about that. Um, anyway, let's have a look, little look at the fixtures because Man United are definitely not at the top of this fixture list. We do have um, Newcastle at the top. So this is ordered. This is from game week 9 to 19. So this is all the way up to when you have to use your first wildcard. And at the moment, it's based on fixture difficulty. Now, we will say Man City are third from bottom, but they do have the blank, which, of course, factors into this as well. Brentford are fifth bottom. But again, the blank uh, um, is is has to be thought about when we're looking at this as well um that is in game week 18 but we're thinking that they could have a double in game week 20 so that needs to be factored in too newcastle atop then liverpool then wolves west ham nottingham forest bournemouth burnley brighton uh sheffield united spurs arsenal fulham man united crystal palace aston villa brentford everton man city chelsea and poor old luton are at the bottom Newcastle being at the top, we've already spoken about Trippier a little bit and their fixtures. I think most of us either have double or maybe triple of Newcastle players at the moment. Liverpool are in second. We've spoken about Salah a little bit. Um, Rich, you were speaking about potentially not going Salah. Just looking there at their fixtures, they've got Everton at home, Nottingham Forest at home, Luton away, Brentford at home. 
that next four, I mean, it must be tempting. Okay, so I, I want Salah. I'd much rather have Salah than Haaland. But it's just, I've got so many, it's for my own team, I've got so many injuries, especially with defenders. Like I've got a stupid hand still, I've got Robertson, still got Rico Lewis. Um, so, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to have a spare transfer. And by the time I do, it may well be beyond the point where I'd rather have Salah than Haaland. Yeah. So, and I, because my original plan, I was going to sell Haaland round about now, maybe next week mm-hmm. and get Salah in. Now I'm starting to think if I don't wildcard in 10, which I, I could, um, I'm starting to think I might just stick with Haaland and not go for Salah. But it's kind of annoying because part of my plan was I was going to have like Robertson and I might look at another Liverpool. So I was yeah. going to have Liverpool players, just not the the main man, as it were. Yeah. Who would you be after if you if you didn't go Salah and you you know had Robertson or you didn't want to go for a defender? Who would be your other choice? Well, I wanted Robertson, um, but obviously we need an update on him. Simakas, I'm not too sure about still. I think it's probably likely he plays ahead of Robertson, but it, I mean, it doesn't feel absolutely guaranteed. I remember the last couple of times he's played for Liverpool, he got quite a fl- lot of flack from what I saw from Liverpool fans. Although at the start of the season, Robertson was getting the same thing. So Van Dijk, he was one I was considering when I went for Robertson in the in the first place. And obviously I'm glad, glad I didn't do it, but yeah, Van Dyke could potentially be one. And obviously Darwin. But then you've had the caveat from Seb. Obviously, we need to see, you know, yeah. what it's looking like um, come the weekend. But yeah, Darwin could be quite tempting as well. Yeah. Um, so obviously, they're second in the form table there. Uh, West Ham, you've already mentioned, Seb. So West Ham are fourth. They've got uh, Villa away this week, then Everton at home, Brentford away, Nottingham Forest at home, Burnley away, Crystal Palace at home. That's a nice run of six fixtures mm. there. Um, you've mentioned Soufal. I've got Bowen. I mean, not often that West Ham players are, you know, kind of in people's minds, but especially after this week from game week 10 onwards, it looks quite tasty. Yeah, I'm a little bit, like I said, envious of your Bowen. I think I might end up with Soufal, either if I need money from Drippier or if just, you know, another defensive transfer. I think if you're wildcarding or even just looking at transfers, it's nice. Bowen, we discussed, sorry to keep referring to Friday, but, you know, go go, go become a member and, and watch it. But we discussed Bowen, if I remember, on Friday, and I, I like him, but the lack of penalties sounds a silly thing to say, right? But we, we do have, I think Rich mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, he had like, was it like seven penalty takers in one of his teams? Yeah. I think it's so easy to either either access penalties or someone who is just such good value with such good fixtures for such a good team that Bowen isn't like an auto-pick in the midfield. But over this period... If you back West Ham, if you back Bowen, I think there's a very nice pick there. I'd be slightly tempted to edge for Souval over him just because of a price and squad mm-hmm. structure, I think. No, that's fair enough. Uh, Ward Prowse, I'd probably leave alone. I think uh, if you want West Ham but don't quite have the funds, I'm not sure I'd go Ward Prowse over Bowen because I don't think that's like a, that's not just a cheaper substitute. I think Ward Prowse is quite definitely a worse pick. Yeah. Um, Rich, very, very interesting as well. Brighton obviously have Man City away this week. It basically couldn't get any worse. But after that, they've got Fulham at home, Everton away, Sheffield United at home, Forest away, Chelsea away, Brentford at home, Burnley at home, all the way up to 16. Those fixtures are ridiculous, to be honest. Is that an argument for not wildcarding this week? Because if you were wildcarding 10, you would 100% have at least one Brighton, maybe two. Yeah, I mean, 10 looks like 
the play, doesn't it? Because you, yeah, you'll get Arsenal and you and you get Brighton as well. I guess yeah. the only tricky thing with Brighton is which ones do you go for? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because I obviously got Morris at the moment. I was even thinking, could I go back to Pedro, for example? Yeah, who I held for so long and only sold him for Morris. I know Seb held on to him for a long time. <laughs> I still really like him. Looking looking at his numbers, I know there's a minutes risk there, but again, you link in with the with the penalties we were just talking about as well. I think he'd be tempting. Matoma feels like the safe one. I'd be interested to see if there's any updates on a stupid nan as well, because yeah. I think people were very hot on him, like in game week one. Um, obviously, and then since he's become injured, obviously people are wildcarding him out and are talking about what a rotation risk he is. But I think he's one of the least rotation risk players in that team. And I think I'd be very tempted maybe to go for him over someone like Cash, for example. Yeah. I mean, that I don't fixture... mean to keep knocking all the Villa players, but I mean, when you look at those Brighton fixtures, the, I mean, that run is ridiculous. It really yes. is ridiculous. And I, I almost feel like I feel like Brighton are the new city, whereas if you can get on the right assets and you can see them get the minutes and they do get those minutes over those runs, like they're just going to be they're going to be loving life. I would love to take a punt on someone like Evan Ferguson as well. Like, I it love depends how safe, him. how safe you want to be, because, yeah, Ferguson's a great shout yeah. as well. But you are taking I mean, it's cheaper than Man City used to be. You used to play Pep Roulette, didn't you? And it was an expensive way to do it. Yeah. But at least with this, it's a cheap way. We've got, you know, cheap players, literally every single position. I mean, we'd avoid goalkeepers. Yeah. Because that looks like a massive nightmare. <laughs> but, you know, defence, midfield, attack, you've got literally budget enablers who have huge ceilings. Yeah. Um, I good- think this is a much more interesting conversation than Bruno as well. Because, like, if you get Bruno right or wrong, whatever, probably doesn't matter that much. I think Brighton, if you can nail that, that could be a big old swing. Really Mitima feels like the easiest way in. If you can get a forward right, brilliant. Defenders, that's all right. But yeah, getting, getting you know, a Mitima for Fulham, Everton, Sheffield United, Forest, getting the minutes and probably the returns there could be pretty massive. Yeah, it really could. Um, uh, Ganesh, by the way, is mentioned in the chat of Dingra. Yeah, um, I was chatting to Az the other day. He said he looks really good and he looks like he could be an option. It's just who do you get him in for? Do you really go for him over another Brighton midfielder and hope that he outscores, say, like you said, a Matoma? But is it, I, is I he cheap enough to do a sort of like Matoma? I don't, under, structure-wise, I don't think this works. But he's like under a five million. Yeah. Say again, sorry? He's five million. Oh, he's five million. Yeah. You both said it at the same time twice in a row. That was impressive. Yeah. Um, okay, so five million feels are maybe a little expensive to go like, my fourth mid is Mitoma, my fifth mid is Adingra. And I'll hopefully get something because at that point you're not you're eating a bit of budget, and also you're taking two spots for I guess two players who could be benched in any given week. Yeah. Right, I'm building up to something, by the way, so be prepared. So Arsenal, I'm going to talk about very quickly now. They got Chelsea away, but then they've got Sheffield United at home. Gotcha. Then they've got Sheffield United at home, then Newcastle away, then Burnley at home, then Brentford away, then Wolves at home, then Luton away. They've got some really nice fixtures coming up. We've already spoken about Saka. How much of a priority is it to get Saka in? Because a lot of people have wildcard or a lot of people have these players where they might actually be struggling to know who to lose to get Saka in. Now, if I go to you first, Seb, looking at Sheffield United at home, they are comfortably probably the worst team in the league at the moment. Should you be getting Saka in considering he's on pens? Is he on pens? Is he not on pens? Does he give all his pens away now? Like, is it just a, a, a clear cut in game week 10, you get Saka back in? Yeah, I think you get an Arsenal midfielder and you look at a defender as well. 
if your squad allows for it. At least that's what I'll probably be doing. Saka, I think what seems to be the case is that he will take the first penalty in a match, providing he fancies it, which is <laughs> quite a bit of caveats for a penalty taker, right? Normally, we just go, you're the penalty taker, <laughs> and there's a 95% confidence you're going to take any given penalty. Because we've seen him give away subsequent penalties in matches when he's already scored or when, you know, Arsenal got a few goals. And we've also seen him give away the first penalty in a match when I think it was nil-nil and Erdegaard took it. So there are clearly some pretty significant scenarios where he won't take a penalty. But even without penalties, if I recall, over the medium term, he's put up similar numbers to Martinelli and Erdegaard. So I think you do edge Saka. Mm -hmm. I'd probably put Erdegaard second and Martinelli third grab one of them if you have a strong personal preference that is different to what i've just said i i don't think no this is somewhere where you can make a huge mistake go with your hunch if you must an arsenal midfielder makes good sense son madison bruno players like that are probably the ones that you're looking at replacing depending on the rest of your squad so you've just you just did, did it a little bit there but i'll keep going so rich seb's just mentioned there what i was building up to so spurs have got fulham at home then Crystal Palace away, then Chelsea at home, then Wolves away, then Villa at home. Now, on this fixture ticker, that's all blue. I would say Crystal Palace away isn't as easy as it looks on paper. Chelsea at home could be tricky. Chelsea are one of the best defences in the league in terms of clean sheets. Wolves away could be tricky as well. I'm looking at those fixtures for Spurs, and my biggest question to you is, should you be losing Son and Madison to get a Saka or a Matoma in because their fixtures look unmissable so do you lose a Spurs mid to get them in I wouldn't lose one of them for Matoma or not not urgently anyway not with a free transfer but I mean looking at the midfielders there's only really Salah that I'd want more than Saka okay. and yeah you can look at the Spurs fixtures they're good I mean the best fixture is this week home to Fulham then that's gone then looking at it looking at it Arsenal have obviously got Sheffield United at home and they've got Burnley at home which are you know absolute you know I mean, you could almost captain Saka yeah. in those fixtures. The only reason I probably wouldn't is because of the penalty discussion in that we've 12, had. I think in 12, Saka's going to be talked about as being a really big captaincy option because City and Arsenal play each other. Uh, City and... Who is it? Play each other. Uh, oh, City, 13, you mean. City, Chelsea. Uh, sorry, in 13, sorry, because Liverpool oh, and City play each other. Sorry, yeah. Yes, I was looking at that earlier. And I mean, I actually think Saka will be in the conversation. Yeah, yeah. away at Brentford. Obviously, it would depend on what we think about penalties near, near the time. I think 12 could be big as well. Yeah. Son yeah, and Villa but, home, obviously, at that point as well. I'd much rather have Saka than Madison or Son. Yeah. I think Matoma is a completely different discussion because, yeah, while the fixtures are good, he doesn't have the penalties and there is a lot more minutes risk. Obviously, providing we get good injury update from Saka you so, know, before the weekend. So, Seb, if you had yeah. Son and Madison, who would you lose for Saka? Ah, oh, see, that I... Brilliant hosting. That's what I was. That sounded so sarcastic. But well done, mate. Well done. <laughs> Did a bit, yeah. Done, a yeah, brilliant host. Yeah, you get to. Yeah, you get to go outside this week. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you like it, you are an FPL manager. Maybe you get to stay inside. Maybe that's the reward. Um, yeah, I think. I think. I think that's the thing here. I've got Son and Madison. I think a lot of people will have both. Madison to Saka, without price involved, is probably the better move. But because Son is of that, is about two million more, give or take it's a much easier move to do Son to Saka. And I think captaincy is the thing there. I'm never going to captain Madison, I don't think, looking at the fixtures, even without Haaland. 
Son's captaincy starts drying up a little bit soon. You know, when we looked at it a couple of weeks ago, I think it was these first few weeks I'd captain Son and then it was pretty much Salah and, yeah. you know, hoping that Haaland doesn't destroy me. So I think Son de Saka is the easier move. And as Richard just said, if that buys me a captaincy, especially when I don't have Haaland in a couple of weeks, I think that's very nice. So what if, Rich, what if you only had Son or you only had Madison? Would you be pleased getting rid of any Spurs attacking output for Saka? Well, these are loaded questions now. Um, Just ask it, mate. Just ask it. You'd have another midfielder. I mean, it's like a politician's answer, but I'd rather (laughs) have Saka. After this game week, I'd rather have Saka than any Spurs midfielder for the next... Actually, quite a long time, to be honest. At least up to game week 15, 16 or so. Maybe maybe even longer. I I think, yeah, Saka, I understand why people have got rid of Saka, because obviously he's had these these injuries, it was a good time to jump off while Spurs had incredible fixtures. But I think I wouldn't be looking for an excuse not to go back to Saka. I think the plan to jump off was fair enough, but I think I think you need to come back on. And to be honest, I'd probably want more than just Saka. In fact, I'd almost certainly want more than just Saka. So that would be like the absolute bare minimum. You always I think I think a defender. I think more. like Sort of like a who have I got like a Dallow or something to like a Gabriel in a couple of weeks makes some decent sense. Uh, again, a Trippier could go down if you need to buy money elsewhere. Did you Martinelli. did you almost did you almost go Gabriel instead of Dallow on wildcard? Do I did I imagine that? Um, I, I don't know whether you think... were future proofing and almost picked. You I don't. You dreamt it. <laughs> probably probably looked at it, but I, I don't recall either mentioning it or seriously considering it to start with. Because I mean, Ma- Ma- Matty, Matty Cash well, is the one I wanted. Yeah. And Dallow, Dallow just rotated nicely with him and the other defenders for the next little period. But I think an Arsenal defender and an Arsenal midfielder are a very good look in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. And by the way, if it all goes horribly wrong, can we blame Rich for that one? I'll take yeah. the Bruno Fernandes. He blame Rich. He won't remember this anyway. He's half yeah. asleep. Um, for Saka. I've still got yeah. him. <laughs> the, only, the only thing I'll say is, and obviously I was looking at this and thinking, do I just keep Son? Because obviously he's on pens. He's playing up top for Spurs. Spurs playing very, very well this year. Playing attacking football as well. But those minutes do worry me. Between 60 and 70 minutes going off. like, yeah. And as soon as they got a player sent off uh, the, um, last week against Luton, all I kept thinking was, he's going off at some point. I know he's I going mean, it off. was Richarlison, wasn't it? And then yeah. I, I, remember, I remember looking at it and being like, Richarlison went off straight away, which made sense. And Son was next in line. He and Madison as well, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I think... I think it's a it's a fair concern with Son's minutes. And the silly thing with Son, of course this goes for any player, but it does seem particularly acute with Son, is remember a few weeks ago when everyone brings him in for Sheffield United, does nothing. And, you know, people such as me who didn't have him were like, ha I told you so. Then, of course, he goes and scores against the harder teams, yeah, gets exactly. two, was it? I think it gets Arsenal. And then people can turn around and say, ha I told you so to me, which is entirely reasonable. And I think that's another good example of what we mentioned earlier, right? Where you take all these game weeks, you do them one by one, and you, you can fall massively into the sort of narrative outcome trap. But if you performed all those three game weeks together on the same weekend, you'd say, oh, I expect Son to score two goals in these in these two fixtures, but I expect it to happen this way around. It just so happened to happen the other way around. And that's yeah. always the risk, of course, with good players and tough fixtures. You know the only Looking player at... that that doesn't work with? Yeah. Bruno Fernandes. What were you going to say, Rich? Hey. I was just, <laughs> just going to say looking ahead as well, just because we were talking about captaincies possible for Saka. I don't think there's a captaincy for, for Tottenham and I, I mean, you're not going to do it this week, but game week 18, you definitely would. But I yeah. think that's the only one I really see. I think it was just 13. Luton in 18. I think I was going Haaland, Salah, Haaland, Salah over the next four. And like you said, I don't see a time where I'm going to be captain in Spurs 
quite a while, to be honest. No, unless you're Seb without Haaland. Maybe yeah. there's one there. But... And even the, I think the biggest thing is, even if they did have nice fixtures, I'd feel very off captaining you know, a player that could come off between 60 and 70. Like, especially when you're captaining him against someone like Salah, who you know is going to get pretty much most of the minutes. Haaland, where when he plays, he's going where to get Where were you two weeks minutes. ago, mate? I could have done with that advice. I know. Also, tell me about it. Yeah. With Son, I know we're, we're assuming he's on penalties, and it seems very, very likely, logically, that he's, that he's on penalties. But we haven't seen it yet, have we? As in, with he, I was took, convinced Sterling was going to be on penalties. He took one, didn't he? Didn't Sterling oh, did Son take one? Or did I make that up? Not for Spurs. It's the Sterling um, Cole Palmer took it, didn't we? Sterling was on the pitch. Which, to be fair, I don't think anyone... I know Rich did, but, you know, Rich and Sterling is a is a love story made in heaven. I don't think people are, were as confident on Sterling being on penalties as Son, but you make a good point. We haven't had that confirmation in any way, as far I mean, as I'm aware. like, 5% doubt. I he mean, took them yeah, when Kane didn't take them, but different manager. I'm wrong there, but I don't remember seeing Son take one. Yeah. Well, not recently, anyway. Hey, if he's not on the pitch, right? You know, if it's 89th minute, he's not That's on the pitch. Thing, doesn't matter it? if he's on them or not, does it? Yeah. Right, let's have a look at some over or unders then. So I feel like we need to change the name of this a little bit because obviously we got the over and unders a bit at the beginning and I feel like we need a different name for this, but we'll see. Uh, so this is the over and unders for game week 9 to 11. So these are the, the players that are being talked about quite a bit in the community at the moment and we're going to see whether we think they're going to be over or under the... the Point projections that I have made up for them. So you're right. So, I know. So, but I, I haven't drunk a lot of water today, and you can tell. <laughs> um, so my Beer. first one is yeah. My first yeah. <laughs> it's almost half term. Um, my first one is Jared Bowen. So Jared Bowen at the moment he's got um, Aston Villa away, Everton at home, Brentford away. I've put him as seventeen point five points here. So basically three appearances and a goal and assist. What do you think, Seb? Over or under? Under. Under. Rich? I like the pick. I really like the pick. But before I say this, but yeah, I think under as well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Saka up next then. He's got Chelsea away, then Sheffield United at home, then Newcastle away. I mean, it's just about that fixture, isn't it? Sheffield United at home there. I've put him as 20.5, Rich. What do you think? Over or under? I'm going to go under because there's still that tiny injury doubt, which I think is small. And it is two tricky away games. So I'm going to go under. Okay. Seb? I too would go under. I think, like you say, he needs to return in that Sheffield United fixture. And he, veering into dangerous territory, but he doesn't strike me as the most obvious player to go and get 18 points in a single good fixture. He seems more of a consistent returner. So I'm not sure those fixtures give me 20 points. Wasn't his highest ever FPL return when us three captained him and he got 16 points? Mother's Day, wasn't it? Yeah. (laughs) I'm, so I'm, like, the I'm, big captain. I'm yeah. super tentative, like talking about that, because you know, you remember um, Rafina always just have that thread at him, where I was like, oh, he just can't get double-digit hauls, mm-hmm. which is kind of just an entirely arbitrary thing that doesn't make any sense. So I'm, I'm very hesitant making that point, but I feel like if you had Saka and you need him to, because you know we're talking about getting him in ten or eleven, which is after this little run here, if you need him to go and get the best part of twenty points against Sheffield United. I don't know. I feel like I'd rather have someone who is more likely to take advantage of a poor team than Saka, who just seems more of a consistent returner and contributor to the Arsenal attack. The Rafinha thing's interesting because that was used against Saka quite a lot last season. Because if you remember, he didn't actually become that popular till probably like February time because people kept saying Odegaard's had eight double-digit returns and Saka's had one. But Saka had had nine points about 
you know, yeah. 10 times or something. It's a terrible, terrible way of assessing someone's oh. points of potential because it's just an entirely arbitrary, even if, you know, there is an argument to be made for someone who's like a low consistent returner versus an explosive returner, using double digits as that determination is entirely arbitrary because, like you say, nine versus 11 points. And the returns come in, you know, certain multiples as well. So certain combinations always give you doubles or singles or what have you. Oh, don't don't worry, Rich. Rich, we remember when you were <laughs> Rich when you had a uh, Saka. I think he was under five percent owned for you, and he kept returning every week, didn't he? And then he <laughs> just went up and up and up in ownership, didn't he? Um, right, Mitimus next at sixteen point five. He's got Man City away, but then he's got Fulham at home and Everton away. Sixteen point five points. What do you think, Rich? Over or under? Oh, this is tough. This is probably the toughest one actually, because you've got to predict his minutes as well. Yeah, I think they score against City, despite what I'm about to show my bus team. I'm going to go over because he loves to ruin my rank. Oh, nice, Seb. <laughs> I too will go over. Um, I think it, I think it will be close. If he returns against City, you're feeling pretty good about that. You need the minutes. Fulham, Everton, with minutes feels easy enough to go and return eight nine points. Interesting. You both went. Under for Saka, over for Matoma. I was just thinking but that Saka is so much more of a priority in than Matoma, and Matoma is never getting uh, clean so, points. But mm. a priority, a priority in, in a couple of weeks. To be fair, yeah, I just find it interesting. That's why I like this game. Uh, Isak up next. He's got Crystal Palace at home, Wolves away, Arsenal at home. I've got him as fifteen point five points. He's actually done very well already this season. Um, Seb, what do you think? Fifteen point five over under. My initial instinct was over, but obviously with strikers, it's harder to gather points because mm. goals are worth a bit less and, you know, bonus only come with the goals. So you're going to need him to bang some goals, obviously. Um, I will go over, but I think it'll be a bit closer than I initially thought. Yeah. Rich? Didn't Isak have a knock? This is why I feel under He is under flagged. Yeah. But uh-huh. Wilson is also, and basically Isak played this week and everybody thought he was not going to. It was They're going to do this all year, I think, these two, but... That's why you've got Anthony Gordon. Um, exactly. I'm going to go under. Under. Uh, next one. I could not get it out of my head that this guy's name was Klaus Jensen <laughs> earlier on. Obviously, it's Matthias Jensen. Um, Matthias Jensen. I've got Burnley at home, Chelsea away, West Ham at home. Jensen is having a really good season and he is returning almost every week at the moment. I've got him as 12.5 for the next three weeks. Burnley at home, Chelsea away, West Ham at home. Seb, what do you think? Over or under? When we were looking at this beforehand, I fully expected him to be on our over performer XG over performer table, and he's not. So again, I wanted to go under, but top point five is low. So basically, one good return with the bonus, and he could beat that. So I'll go over. Ooh, Rich? Yeah, this is the logic I was using as well. I mean, if you assume one clean sheet and three, that's seven points just for playing. I'm going to go over as well. Oh, I like it. I like I'm, it. I wouldn't. Pi- I wouldn't pick him. Also, I know as an Imbuma owner, I know if a goal alert comes <laughs> yeah. through or something, it's always Jensen. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. I can't wait for us all to go Jensen instead of Saka in 10. Hey, at least um, Imbuma is <laughs> evened out. Do you remember after the first few weeks and he was just getting penalties and whatever? Yeah, yeah. Evened out nicely. Yeah. It's Jensen, um, Norgard. <laughs> uh, and Huang is next. He's got Bournemouth away, then Newcastle at home, then Sheffield United away. So two really nice fixtures in there. But he put him as 11.5, Rich. Fancy it over or under? Yeah, you've done well there. It's basically if he gets it's an attack minutes, in return or not. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm going to go over. Oh, I love I it. I've lost my mind here. It's just one. I mean, he basically gets an eight, nine pointer. 
and then appearance points will take yeah. him over. <laughs> Seb, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I want to say under because I don't think he's a particularly fabulous pick, but 11.5 is low, man. One return and he beats it. So I'll go over because of the number, not because of the player. Oof. I can't believe we've gone under for Saka and then we've got... <laughs> And over for Jensen and Huang. It yeah, I, feel, I feel like all this game does is expose us as massive frauds, which is entirely fair. <laughs> I'm, I'm really, I love this game. Um, right, That's before, we, does it. before we go on to our best teams, um, Godric's Air says, uh, do I do Diaz to Diaby? Uh, international break and a minute's worry. Uh, he did a bit of a super chat for us. So do I do Diaz to Diaby? Just really quickly before the best oh, teams. So. I have good news for you. We are probably going to get a team league. It is the first fixture of the weekend. So if you can, wait. If Diaz isn't starting, there's your move. Yeah, Rich, do you agree? Yeah, what Seb says. Yeah, lovely. Uh, and right. I probably wouldn't buy DRB, I'd buy someone better. But. Yeah. Ooh. Um, so, bus teams. Uh, at the moment, then, I've got Turner in goal. He's got Luton at home. Uh, I don't know whether he's going to play. I was surprised he played this week, to be honest, and got a clean sheet. So, maybe he keeps his place one more week. Um, then I've got Pedro Porro, Burn, and Cash. Three home fixtures there. Bowen, Madison, Salah, Gordon and Son. Four home fixtures. Bowen does have Aston Villa away, but I, I fancy them to score against them. Uh, and then Watkins and Haaland up top. Haaland is my captain. Haven't thought twice about that, to be honest. Um, then I've got Mitchell, Taylor and Archer on the bench with Ariola on the bench as well. Hoping to roll my transfer. Touch wood. International break. Nothing's happened yet in terms of injuries apart from Rich's Robertson. So um, I'm hoping that I can roll and then I can decide what to do with Saka and Matuma uh, in game week 10. Gordon gets his debut for me, which I'm quite excited about as well. So we'll see what happens there. But um, yeah, quite happy with the team. Obviously, a week after wildcarding, uh, hopefully I can roll. It's Rich, quite a fun team. It's quite a fun team. It's quite a fun. Hang on, let's go I'm back not, to I'm not. I got called. I got told this was a mild card a week ago. A I, I did hear. I did hear bits of that. I think it's quite fun. Uh, to to be honest, I'm not saying you're boring, but sometimes, sometimes I've seen, as in not your personality, your FPL picks. But this oh, is actually. That this is hole, actually yeah, you, that you made that so much better, pal. Well yeah, just dig in. Just dig in. But no, I I do think it's quite fun. There's some different picks in there. Brilliant. Cheers. I was. I went back to it because I was hoping to hear some compliments. You went. I mean, that was a. That was a. Like I said it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Just for that, yeah. I'm going to go to Seb's team first. Seb, talk us through your team. Oh well, it's basically yours, mate, but just with a little bit more spice. Because no, Harland, you mild player, you. <laughs> exactly. If I went to Nando's, it would be mild. Go on. <laughs> um, I can't even find my way to Nando's with this team. I've sold them like Harland. Um, <laughs> Johnston in goal, uh, once again, over Raya, who will be my longer-term goalkeeper if he gets the minutes, but Newcastle away, Chelsea away. It's not perfect. I think I'd rather have Newcastle. Uh, just after saying they're rotated well, eh? It's, it's all the other fixtures. Uh, Trippier, Dallo, and Pedro Porro. Once again, there's a decision between Dallo and Matty Cash. I think Dallo probably just edges that, but I wouldn't blame anyone doing the opposite. And if you have Cash, lovely player to start anyway. Midfield is nice this week. I like it a lot. Bruno Fernandes and Bumo, Salah captain, Son, Madison, all at home, apart from Bruno, who plays the awful Sheffield United. So hopeful of more than twos across the board there. Uh, Darwin up front, which obviously the main concern here then would be his post-international break minutes. We will hopefully, I guess, get a team leak. I say hopefully, they're, they're a bit rubbish, but if they're there, you use them, of course. So if I were to make a transfer or a lineup change, I suppose is, is more likely, it would be Darwin. Cash may well get his start anyway. And then Watkins finishes off the 11th. The bench is Raya, Cash, Byrne and Archer. Byrne, 
perfectly good pick against Palace yeah. at home. I think that's nice, but <coughs> I probably don't start him over anyone in this team. Maybe that's another conversation with Dallow, but three players for one spot. Yeah, you've. I mean, you've got, on your bench, got, better yeah. than my starters. I mean, I'm starting Cash and Burn. I mean, yeah. you. I mean, Dallow's the one for me. It's between Dallow, Cash, and Burn. I mean, like you said, if Darwin is benched, you could easily play Cash or Burn. Yeah, that Burn one. I mean, that has got to have guaranteed clean sheet written all over it, hasn't it? Palace have no attackers. Got triple mate. Palace guaranteed clean sheet and some assists. Oh dearie me. Lovely stuff. Well, at least you've got some uh, you've got some bench points ready to come on for you, um, Rich. You've done your time in the uh, the timeout spot. Now uh, talk us through your team. And yeah, <gasps> have I spotted a rare Rico Lewis sighting? Yes, you. have. I mean, I, I, I set this team like over, uh, well a week ago, didn't I? After the after the last games, um, obviously I've got I've got a four five one at the moment. Turner in goal, home to Luton. Hopefully he plays. Um, I've got Robertson who. You know, one of the reasons I, I waited with Robertson was for this stretch of fixtures. <laughs> I could move him to Van Dijk or Simakas if I trust that he plays. Like Seb says, maybe we get some news um, ahead of the ahead of the deadline. Although, because I've got someone like Rico Lewis, do I want to have Simakas and Lewis in in the same team? I don't know. Um, but yeah, Robertson, Trippier, Walker, and Lewis in defence, all at, all at home. One of them's injured. One of them doesn't start very often. Uh, Sterling at home to Arsenal, Saka, he's flagged, but away to Chelsea, and Bumo, Bruno, and then Son, vice captain, and then I've got Haaland captain, and then on the bench I've got Morrison Archer, the deadly duo who could come so, in for. I mean, just saw, what, what when, you you said, when you said Haaland captain, Seb's eyes went. <laughs> like that, a, that boring? Oh god, no! Is it like a? <laughs> oh god, everybody's got Harlan. <laughs> if I had both, I'd, I'd probably go Salah just because <laughs> it would be more fun. Although, actually, we oh, learned last season, Seb, it definitely wasn't. Tra- more transfers fun, are available to you, Rich. There's still time to do Harlan out and Salah in. Exactly. I can't exactly. do a hit. The thing is, I haven't rolled a transfer once this season. <laughs> I I that was the can't season. do a hit. If it was a free, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, friend. But can't do a hit. <laughs> I love the know, fact it, in it, a couple it, of weeks' time you could go, how did I get to the point where I've got an injured Estupinen, I've got a Rico Lewis and a Simicast all in my team? And you're probably yeah, still going to scoring yeah. us. I mean, this this, this does feel like a pre-wildcard team, yeah, which I guess it kind of is, so that's the point, right? But it does feel like it's waiting for you to tap into fixture shifts, but also get rid of a few players who you've been carrying, right? I, f- I feel like you've been dead-ending for a couple of weeks. <laughs> I think I've been dead like, dead ending since game week one, yeah, um, exactly. and yeah, it is definitely on its on its final legs. You can see like the remnants of stuff. Like I've got Morris in my team. Yeah, yeah. We know when that was from. I mean, I've had Rico Lewis. Would you, a long, would you long play time. Morris over like? I mean, obviously, if someone's injured like an Everton, then you an Everton. Sorry, a Robertson versus Everton. You can uh, you can play Morris, but would you like start him over a Sterling or a or a Saka or something this week? Or definitely not. I'd, I'd happily roll Morris or even. Archer out to be honest. I mean, if oh, if we if it. I get wind that oh. Lewis might not, I mean Lewis, I'd never plan this week to be playing Lewis. But if Walker and Lewis are both going to play, I'll play him at home to Brighton. But yeah, I'd happily play Morris. When you said think, Archer, then I was like, why? Who's Archer? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he'd be less happy to roll out. I'd probably much rather play Morris, for yeah. example. Yeah. But and obviously my transfer this week, I'm going to have to do a defender transfer, and it's either a stupid or Robertson out. So it depends. There's still a chance of wildcard in game week 10. I'd say there's like 30, 40% chance to do that. Most likely move before this, before the, well, before the international break, I was thinking I'd do a Stupinan to Poro 
that seemed like a, a good move. But now Robertson's yeah. out, I'm like, oh, would I do a stupid hand to Simicass? Do you feel like, because I guess you haven't wildcarded in eight, and originally you were talking about doing it much later, like say 14, 19, whenever that would be. Do you feel like if you were forced by your team, maybe into wildcarding in say 10, as we've mentioned, that you've kind of given away a couple of weeks of advantage? And it, you know, it would it then make more sense to try and just take those hits and save it for a bigger advantage over the field in say 19 because i think a lot of wild cards have been played and even more are going to be played this week and next week so is it worth taking a little hit now to be a bit different and taking a big advantage later possibly the, the problem i've got is it's obviously the issues i've got in my team are with defenders aren't they like i'm quite happy with my midfield um I mean, maybe Robertson could be a way to free up some money, but I do want Liverpool players. So I haven't really committed to a strategy, though. I'm kind of flexible here. I could just wildcard in 10, use a transfer and wildcard in 10, or I could try and see it through yeah. and, and get to 18, 19. I probably would have to do a hit if I go down that route. Yeah. Only a small hit, like a minus four, minus eight. All it takes is Robertson and Zaka being past fit, and this looks fine, really. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I mean, if, if Robertson was Robertson. fit. Yeah. That again, sorry? I'd be very surprised if Robertson was. Because his shoulder came out, yeah. yeah. And then it's like, do I trust Simicast? Because it feels like, I'm, yeah, I'm freeing up a load of money. But like you say, I've then got, yeah, Lewis and Simicast. But like, <laughs> sorry, the way you said it, because his shoulder came out, it's just so like... Oh, sorry. It's like the reminds, me, reminds me of the way my two-year-old would be like, you know, drop something, make a massive mess, <laughs> and he just goes, uh-oh. Yeah. And then just moves on. Because like, oh, his shoulder <laughs> came out. Never mind, yeah. just pop it back well, in. It, it happened a while ago now. And I'm um, sad for him for a moment. Uh, James Stevenson in the chat is like, Rich, your team will be on fire in game week 10. Not in a good way. You will want to wildcard. And then he says, uh, Seb, just very politely suggesting a game week 10 wildcard there. <laughs> uh, it could it'd be interesting. <laughs> so, he's 30k ahead of me. I need him to, uh, I need him to sabotage himself. Because exactly. I've, got, I've got players that, well, I've, said, I've only got one player people would want. I've got Saka, for example. Yeah, true. That's true. it. That's it. Full true. stop. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what I mean is, I, I, there's going to be a lot of people doing transfers like Madison to Saka. I'm kind of one ahead on that. So yeah. I guess if I could sort my defenders out, but obviously it doesn't address not having Salah. Yeah. But I don't see that as a huge issue because I've got Haaland. Be interesting to see what you do anyway. It'd be interesting. I mean, I'm hoping I'll be above you by then anyway. So, uh, right, let's uh, move on to the community I will just team. patiently let you overtake me. I'll You're tell you what, why, you, off, to be fair. Why, do, shh, why don't you just let the community team sort your team out? Because they're having an absolute stormer at the moment. So they got Turner in goal, Pedro uh, in defence, both with six points. Cash with two. Gahey they went with, who got nine points. He was the pick over Mitchell. Better than Mitchell. Yeah. Um, shut up. Um, Diaby with two. Salah captain with 30 Ward Prowse with two, Son with three, Madison with six, Alvarez with two, Harlan with two. They had Archer, Byrne, and Taylor on the bench with Ariola. So they wildcarded this week, got 70 points. They are doing well. They're above where, all of where us. Where are they ranked? They're above all of us at the moment. Uh, hang on. I'll t- I-, I can literally tell you because um, good old Matt Rankchaser told me. Uh, I mean, Sal- Salah Captaincy has done this team well, oh, right? I mean. If yeah. they'd gone Son, obviously duh, that's fifteen points. That's quite a difference. But I think I think that's a big thing with this team. There's a few things. It looks it looks very very healthy, especially with Alvarez and Harlem with Brighton. Yeah. I think there's a few things you'd want to change going forward. But I presume they have the wild card. That might be a game week ten no, wild they've, card. They've used the wild card. They've, this is the wild card. Oh, this is the one. Oh, no, I can't believe I said well, it looks good now. Shots at them. I'm so sorry. That wasn't. That wasn't fair you enough. knew what you were doing. Um, I, uh, 
they rose. I, from, I never know what I'm doing. They rose from two mil to six hundred and eighty k. Oh, oh, nice. Okay, nice. I'm not I mean, we're all within. We're all <laughs> within striking difference, aren't we? I've got, I've got my world about ten points. Rich wasn't worried until. Uh, Robertson popped his shoulder out. Um, right. <laughs> so let's have a look then. We'll go back to the main screen. Well done, community team. Um, we're still not worried. You're still going to mess it up. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, do um, we sound worried? We're not worried. We don't sound no, worried. Not do worried we, guys, at all. Guys, not guys. worried at all. Uh, and basically, if we get to game week 38 and you're in a chance with beating any of us, we just won't mention you again. Um, right. Uh, <laughs> what community team? Exactly. Community? <laughs> um, right. So let's have a bit of a Q&A. We've got five minutes for a Q&A. So chuck us in some questions. Uh, James Stevenson, why does the community team have James Ward-Prowse? I don't know, mate. Ask him. FPL Rank Chaser. Give him a follow <laughs> on Twitter and I ask him. Terrible. Terrible. Beating all of us. Um, General Zod says that's rolling, definitely. Yeah, I would have thought so as well. Uh, shout out again, by the way. Farrell is in the community team and obviously he does the uh, graphics for us for the over and under. Um this is, the, this so is the this is the anti Seb team, says James. Mm, apparently, that's the anti Seb Pro- team. Probably a good move, to be fair. Yeah, uh, I suppose because they got Harland, Alvarez, Ward Prowse. They oh, like yeah, the true. city players. Yeah, true. I mean, I totally fell into the like. I was like, yeah, I could do with a wild card. It's just wild card. Yep. Well done. Yeah. It got um, me. <laughs> uh, Ganesh says Robbo is out for one month. Huh. Yeah, that's a pretty poorly shoulder. That is. Uh, Kieran says. Um, Hello, would you do Bowen to Sterling or a Stupinan to Burn this game week? I don't think I'd be doing Bowen to Sterling, but what about a Stupinan oh. to Burn, Seb? Would you do a Stupinan to Burn? As with ever with these questions, obviously the wider team context, but but yeah, the latter, I think. Hmm. Um, quite a few people are uh, saying that there's been some very sad things that have happened in one of the Euro qualifiers tonight. Uh, I won't mention it all on here because obviously I'm only seeing it in the chat. But if you want to see what's happening, I, I would go on to Sky Sports News now to see what's happened. Uh, something to do in the Belgium-Sweden game, but I won't mention any more. Um, uh, FPL MK says, Son and Madison for Saka and Odegaard in game week 10. So would you move both Son and Madison to Saka and Odegaard in 10? I mean, that seems like quite a fun little swing you could do, doesn't it, Seb? Yeah, yeah, that sounds reasonable. I think for myself, I'd probably just split that and go one, you know, Son, Zach, or what have you. But if you back, if you back those fixtures, it's a very valid move. Yeah. Yeah. Rich, sorry, I was half listening. This by half. You've done. I didn't so, listen at you've all. You've done so well, Rich. Uh, would you do Son and Madison to Saka and Odegaard in ten? Son. Yes, I quite like that actually. I, I wouldn't like be desperate that. to sell Son though. Ah, oh, it's so tough. Yeah. Um, Greg Williams, Grosh as a Brighton uh, game week ten choice. Rich, would you go Grosh? He's quite nailed, is it? I must admit, I haven't done a lot of research on his minutes. Mm. I think he must be one of the better ones for for Brighton. Mm. He is I, one I of the better ones, it. and then was rotated yeah. was it a couple of weeks ago post. Europe, I think I literally remember thinking, like, oh, he's one of the nerd ones, and then he didn't and play. He got rotated. There just, there just isn't we... anyone. I think they can all get points off the bench, and he's on penalties when Pedro isn't on the pitch. I was going to say, is uh, that the case mm. still? Because mm. a lot of people thought he was going to be on pens ahead of Pedro. I, d- I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all. Uh, last one. Alex Mika says, uh, what are your thoughts on waiting until game week 12 to get Arsenal mids as they have Newcastle away in game week 11? Now, I mentioned this on Late Tackle on Friday, 
because you look at it, yes, they have Sheffield United at home and they are the worst team in the league. But then they've got Newcastle away, which is one of the worst away fixtures in the league. I think there is some kind of logic to waiting until 12, but I almost feel like you're getting them in in 10 because you've got two nice fixtures in the next three, if that makes sense. What do you think, Seb? Yeah, I think that's fine. Just looking at, so Son has, so Palace, Chelsea, Wolves. So realistically, yeah, in isolation, you could very much wait till 12 for Arsenal. But I think it's also about who you're losing. So if you were doing, for example, Son de Saka, while you're trading, what was it? Palace for Sheffield United, which obviously is, is Sheffield United, isn't it? So that's great. Then you're saying, oh, Newcastle is tough, but Son also has Chelsea. So that's also tough. So maybe samey, samey. And then obviously 12, you'd make the switch anyway. So I think it comes down to who you're losing as much as who you're buying. Yeah, no, I really agree with that, actually. Rich? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, with these things, sometimes you're just going to have to avoid going there, aren't you? Like, you could, as in, you could delay it. I mean, you could delay it till 12 hmm. if you wanted to. I mean, I guess it depends if something crops up. Yeah, very true. I think the move would be midfielder 10, defender 12. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah very all true. defenders, potentially. Yeah. Uh, you like you've changed this year, Rich. It always used to be about the goalkeepers, but you love the defenders now, don't you? Mixing it up, yeah. <laughs> Mixing it up. You're moving your way up. It'll be midfielders next year. Yeah, so so progressive, literally. Yeah. <laughs> progressing through them. I thought you said aggressive then. So aggressive. I'm they change Rich. the rules and we get like a manager. We can pick a manager or something, and then I'll be like. Rich is a lot of things, but but he is not aggressive. No, um, Mahomi says you get, what? You what? Get 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 Seb on my tackle. Uh, get Seb on the late tackle, Andy. Uh, yeah, no, we'll have to. We'll have to definitely. Um, right. Wow. Thank you so much for the people that are in the chat. Um, Seven hundred and fifty we peaked at, which is absolutely lovely. So for a Monday during the international break to get us all back into it. Thank you so much for joining us, um, Seb. Thank you so much for spending your evening with us. Hope you enjoyed yourself. Oh, I, I really did, mate, especially getting on your podcast. Exactly. Uh, Rich, hope you enjoyed yourself. You've done so well, Rich. I'm so impressed. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was fun. It was nice to get back into it. Yeah, no, good man. Um, and like I said, thanks so much for the people that are listening. Thanks so much for the people that are listening to the pod or are watching this after the fact as well. We do appreciate each and every one of you. Um, Seb, you and I will be doing the member stream on Friday. Uh, yes, indeed. So make sure you come and join are you us. Are bringing for that, it out? Although, I, I will be. Uh, I used one. Um, and, uh, <laughs> what? Uh, what have you used um, it for? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, and our, obviously, caveat for that is, doesn't it, don't tell your friends, because we don't want too many people on there. We get to chat to just a few little people. It's quite nice. Uh, so make sure you come and join us for that if you would like to, too. Um, we hope your hours are green moving into the week, and we will see you all again next Monday. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. <laughs>